This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. Hello, guys. Welcome back to Drink More Water podcast. We are so, we're excited today. We are. And we're feeling good. We are feeling good. So we've actually just wrapped up the episode you're about to listen to with Soph. Mm. And it was such a great chat. And I always feel like we're in such a great mood after an interview. Because we're like, yes. Yeah, I know. It's just, I don't know, it's a nice way to start and then to do the intro. Because I feel like we're a lot more hyped for the intro. We're warmed up. We are. Ready to go. We are. And for those of you who don't know, we interviewed Soph Allen today. So she is a... Trainer. She's yep, a coach. Online coach. Yep, online coach. She's amazing. She's got her business train with Soph. Um, and yeah, it was just really good to dive into sort of her fitness journey, her business journey, and just sort of all of the things that she's gone through throughout sort of like the entirety of that journey as well. And I think you guys will get so much value from everything that she said and yeah we touched on a few really important topics and stuff that we definitely are passionate about so yeah it was good really really yeah she's a super super like down-to-earth inspiring woman and I just Mm. think that she does wonders for inspiring women as well to just like have a really healthy relationship with themselves and their body and yeah I just hope you guys enjoy this chat it's gonna be a good one yeah definitely and she's had a really amazing journey as well and one that I think a lot of us can relate to but before we get into that yes we're not going to do our highs and lows because we're recording two episodes on the one day and we need to save the juice for the next episode. We do. And this episode is already quite long, so we don't want to keep you for too long. No, not too long. But just quickly. Oh. We've had a bit of a, not a rushed morning. See, you were on time. Yeah, and just. so was I. I yeah. was on time too. But on my way here, I don't, this is just, this is just, I'm wasting everyone's time for this conversation. No, but I want to hear it. Okay. Um, I'm driving and I'm like, my fuel's on 47 <gasps> kilometers. I had the exact same experience this morning, but keep going. <laughs> and in my head, I, so I'm not the best with directions. I'm not the best with directions. Everyone knows this. Dean knows this. So knows this firsthand. Um, I'm not the best with directions. So it does take me a few times to get to a place to know and remember how I got there. Yes. Very good at knowing the two, not so good at getting out of the place, if that makes sense. I can't okay. retrace my steps. Yes, gotcha. So don't get me in a maze. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, but anyway, so the reason I say this is because I've come to the podcast studio yep. with my maps on multiple times. Yes. I know the kilometers of every stretch <laughs> is my point. So I get in my car and I'm like, oh shit, I know that I've got, you know, bugger all K's left. Yeah. And I'm driving and I'm like, okay, no, this stretch is seven kilometers. I know this stretch is three kilometers. I know that it's roughly 14 back to the petrol station on the way back. <laughs> I kid you not, this is my thought process. And I'm funny. thinking, okay, 47 Ks left, but this is unreliable. Like typically I could get back in and it'll just say 20. Yeah, okay. You know, we don't trust her. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I should get back to the petrol station. Just. With around 7 to 10 Ks left. Oh, my God. I know. I'm stressed for you. I know, and I've never pushed her this hard. <laughs> Let's hope the little red rocket does this one. Oh, my God. And the light's just on and flashing me. I'm like, I know, but I have somewhere to be, and you just need to get me there. <laughs> That's so funny because yeah. I, like, this morning, so I had a really chill morning, to be honest. I could tell because you were posting your smoothies, and I was yeah. like, is she leaving on time? <laughs> 
I woke up at six, mm. washed my hair, oh. did some makeup, came downstairs, replied to some comments on my new YouTube video. Oh. I was like in my flow. I was loving life. And then I was like, I'll make my smoothie. I'm going to film it. <laughs> I was, it was stunning. I hopped in my car, leaving exactly when I needed to. Mm. I jump in, turn the car and it goes, ding, ding, <laughs> ding. And I'm like, shit, I have zero like fuel. Like I probably have like 10 Ks. Like yeah. I have quite literally none. It's just not it. And I was like, no, like I left perfect. Like I've had such a seamless morning. Now I'm going to be late. So I like was driving in. Then I pull into the service station and then Riley's like, can you bring your laptop? Because mine's kind of glitchy. And I'm like, um, I, I've just left, but I can go back. And you're like, no, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> I could tell there was a little bit of panic in that text. I was like, no, like, don't stress yourself. I was just like, seeing if you could. I was like, but, I'm already late. <laughs> yeah, I had a call um, with my coach this morning from like 8 till 8.30 and it, I need to leave like at 8.30. Yeah. Um, and yes, I was just pressed for time. And this is my issue. I don't drive my car enough. Yeah. Like I, when I say I don't drive my car, I go to Woolies, which is maybe 700, 800 meters away from my house. Maybe Guzman, 400 meters from my house. Yeah. Maybe the gym, 600 meters from my house. And that is exact. So she doesn't rack up many Ks. Like how often do you refill your car with fuel? Oh, once a month. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. And then weekends, tea drives. Yeah. Pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Even the gym, the gym that six Taylor's going to laugh if she's listening to this. Taylor picks me up and it's 600 meters from my house. So I don't even drive to the gym. <laughs> like the one thing I do in my day, I don't even drive to. You're not even really doing. <laughs> no. So this is where I don't, I'm not aware. I'm not like, oh yeah, got to fill up. Yeah. I'm not in it. No. <laughs> so how did she even get low? No one knows. <laughs> no one knows. It's probably been three months at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a story for everyone's Monday uh, if you're listening in a real... Real time. Real time. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, solid morning apart from that. <laughs> All right, we will... We'll update you on that next time around. If Does she make it to the petrol station? Yes, oh, I'm very intrigued. <laughs> I will. I will I'm, I'm driving the same direction as you, so if need be... You can be behind me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, anyway, we'll, we'll stop chatting on. We'll stop, get straight into the episode, but I hope you guys enjoy. So thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited to have you on. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to get into our chat. Yeah, we. I feel like this has kind of been a long time coming. Had a bit of technical issues last week and a bit of like miscommunication, but we're here today and we're very excited. <laughs> we're here. We've made it. Hopefully we'll have a good chat to back it up. <laughs> That's it. Um, so tell us a bit about yourself. Tell us about So Fallon, how the backstory, how have you gotten to where you are now? Oh, how deep do we want to go? <laughs> we're jumping straight in. Let's go um, deep. <laughs> so my background's a bit random. I guess everyone's background's a bit random. It, it sort of paints where they're at, I don't know, where they get to um, today. But I started out um, obviously in school. I got my degree in architecture. Wow. I then went back to uni and got a degree in marketing. And then I ended up working at an influencer marketing uh, tech startup, it, called Tribe. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was working there, sort of working my way up the ranks. And then that was in Melbourne. And when um, my partner at the time got a job in Sydney, we relocated to Sydney. They had a Sydney office that just opened up and I settled down in Sydney working at Tribe. And then I had alongside that sort of been getting into Instagram and sort of documenting my personal journey which started like so many women as, you know, looking in the mirror and, and really not liking what I saw, which is really sad to reflect on, but it's realistic. Mm-hmm. And 
I was sort of documenting, you know, what I was doing, how I was training. I was following a guide at that time back in 2015 and that just sort of grew organically. And then um, it had grown to like 80,000 or something and I was like, oh, this is like all I can think about. This mm-hmm. I just want to like help people. I'm really enjoying chatting to the community and sharing what I'm doing and it's all I'm sort of Googling. I'm researching fitness and training and everything and I decided to yeah take the leap into starting my own business. So I'd got gotten qualified as a PT whilst I was still working. And then I started my business and that was originally under a different name. And it was just sort of doing programs for people. I'd release spots on Instagram. I'd be like, okay, this week I'm releasing this many spots. And I would just write programs for people one-to-one. And then that was sort of just the volume was so large that I was like, I can't really handle this. I need to do like an ebook or something like that. So I did an ebook. And then it got to the point where I was like, okay, what's my next move? Like, this is really fun. This is growing. Maybe take myself a little bit more seriously as a businesswoman. And then um, I got into the app, which I currently have, which is through a third-party provider. Um, And then the next evolution of my business is sort of launching next year. So watch this space for that. But that's, yeah, that's sort of the the backstory. Yeah. I mean, what haven't you done at this point? (laughs) (laughs) A lot, I think. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's so good to get your background in that. And I feel like just from that with your, I guess, your fitness journey, were you always into fitness, you know, back in the day or did that really come around that 2015 point when you sort of had that realization that you weren't that happy? Yeah, I wasn't at all. I'm not one of those people. It's like, oh yeah, I'm naturally athletic. I was always doing sport at school. And then, you know, everyone has a different story around the health and fitness. And I feel like you hear a lot of people sort of, they're like that at school and then they leave school and transition to like being Mm -hmm. at uni or traveling, whatever it might be. And you sort of fall out of your routines and habits. Whereas for me, it was like, I never stepped foot in a gym. Um, I did a lot of sport and stuff at school. I was always, you know, really small naturally at school. And I did do a lot of traveling. I moved and lived in the UK for a year and being exposed to like different food and ways of eating. I was like, whoa, gained like 12 kilos. But as soon as I came back to Australia, it just kind of came off because I went back to my normal lifestyle, normal way of eating. And then it was at that 2015 point where I was like, oh, like I can actually take control of this, I think. Mm -hmm. How do I do this? And the first year of it was just working out at home. I didn't look at my nutrition. I didn't really know anything about the gym and back then in social media the landscape was very different relating to fitness it was very much the whole pushing being skinny and you know really bad toxic diet culture and types of diets and nutrition and everything and training the gym was still very much the narrative of that's for men or you're going to get bulky and I know that Mm. those stories still exist but we've come a really long way since then Mm -hmm. and so after about a year I was looking up to a lot of people on Instagram and and seeing these figures and thinking, I really want to, you know, build some muscle and and shape my body a bit more. How do I do this? I was like, I think you have to go to the gym, (laughs) which sounds so funny to think about now with everything I know. But that's, you know, for a lot of people, they don't understand how you sort of build a body. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I got into the gym about a year after training from home and my results really took off. And I also had someone I knew on Instagram do my calories and macros. And that was an interesting experience. That was like, cool, we're going to gut your calories and, you know, put you on like 1450 calories. And I lost my period and oh. I've lost a lot of muscle. Mm. Not that I had much at that point, but I lost a lot and I just had no concept of it. So that's why I became really passionate about 
learning and educating myself because the more I went to sort of better coaches who understood more about this space and learnt more, I was like, whoa, that was a bad, like reflecting that was a bad move, that was a bad move. Mm, And I just want to help women avoid those mistakes because it really, you know, it really set me back in a way, not that, you know, those experiences shape you and who you are today and, and everything, your philosophy, but yeah, I, I could have done things a lot differently and avoided a lot of, you know, negative relationship with food. I, I ended up competing and that just exacerbated the situation mm. and chronically in that cycle of dieting or not dieting. And I feel like only now am I really out of that that headspace and that negative relationship with food. And it's very much an ongoing process of working on that. But yeah, wasn't wasn't super active at school until I really wanted to make a change and made that a priority in life. Mm. Well, that's the thing as well, you know, as much as you going through all of that and experiencing a bad relationship with your food and your body sucks, it's almost like, yeah, like you said, shaped you to who you are right now. And then, you know, in turn, you can then help women who are starting where you started and doing it the right way is just so imperative. And it's just so awesome that you're now able to do that. Definitely. It just, it just helps you understand what people go through. Cause if, mm-hmm. and if you're a coach and you haven't been through those things, that's great too. Like I'm sure there are so many ways we can help people differently, but you do have a deeper level of understanding when people come to me with such, it's such a prevalent issue for women, particularly to have an issue with food in their bodies. So it's really nice to be able to understand them and be like, Hey, this was my experience and I got through it and I'm here. And that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things to do. Cause it, like it's really hard to believe in yourself when you haven't experienced it yourself, mm. which is why seeing other people going through it is really empowering for women to be like, okay, maybe I actually can do this when it feels impossible. Cause yeah. in the thick of it, it, it does feel impossible. Absolutely. Mm. And you mentioned competing. I, this is so interesting. Cause like back in the day when I kind of went through a very similar story to you in the sense of like, I kind of grew up and I was like, wasn't that into health and fitness, but then I wasn't happy with what I was seeing in the mirror. So I was like, I need to change it. Doing home, like mm. hit workouts on YouTube, like <laughs> not eating enough. Like just, oh, I hate to see it. <laughs> um, but I remember going through a phase where like I would watch all of these like YouTube videos of like girls competing and getting to this such lean body. And I was like, I need to do this. Like, this is just something I need to do because I need to be my leanest self at all times. Um, so I just kind of wanted to hear about your experience because I definitely like, talked myself out of it. Cause I was like, no, like, I don't want to go through that. But what was your experience with competing and like the, the pros and cons? Oh my God. So I'm so glad you didn't do it. <laughs> I'm so glad. Um, and that's not for everyone. You know, some people it's like, yes, I want to be competitive. I want to get up on stage. I want to build mm. my physique. I am obsessed with this lifestyle and this is a competition for me. Cause that's mm. what it is. It's a competition, but it's yeah. been glamorized on social media and the whole lean story, like being super lean and that being, you know, our goal, the mm. thing that we want to attain it looks sustainable. It looks achievable. It looks like, you know, oh yeah, it's hard work. It is like grueling. It's such an intense process. And the level of conditioning and leanness that you get to isn't where they stay. They look like that for a week. Mm. They look like that for a day when they've like done their, you know, dehydrated their bodies and then refueled up with their carbs and they've got the shot. They feel terrible. Mm. Like you lose your sex drive. You probably lose your period. Your performance in the gym's shocking. You lose muscle mass. You have no energy. Your brain doesn't work properly. Like it's when you take yourself to extremes in anything, there's going to be extreme results. Mm. And that's, you know, there's a positive, I guess, which is 
you know, looking the way you want to look for the show for the day. And there are way more negatives, in my opinion, my personal opinion, that then it being worth it. Mm-hmm. And it's not just negatives throughout the process. It's then the aftermath of dealing with the reverse diet, which so many people, A, don't know about and B, mess up because they've been driving themselves so hard for 12, 30 like weeks, even longer to get that lean that they don't know anything else. And mm-hmm. if you do anything for that long, deprive your body there's physiological impacts that come in and they get, your body's going to tell you eat, eat, eat. Like your hormones are literally going to, you can have the best willpower in the world, but your hormones are going to be like, not nah, we're eating, like yeah, we're going yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. And it's really coming down to those habits and systems to prevent you from doing that. But a lot of people get into competing, having never exposed themselves to eating or training that way. So until you've got that really refined, it's really difficult to come out mm-hmm. the other end. And that happened to me. I'd, I'd been doing it for a few years already. So I did have the habits on lock, but obviously not enough because I had a rebound. I regained the way I didn't have a proper strategy around mm. my reverse diet. I thought I did. Mm. And it's taken a few goes to get to just now I came out of a reverse diet really successfully and, and it was fine. And there's no weird hangups about food or obsessions or focus on food. It just is what it is. But mm. yeah, competing, it was you know, it was a cool experience. It was interesting really as a trainer, as a coach to see what the body's capable of and to see what happens when you manipulate certain things, but it needs to be the number one priority in your life. And there's so many other things to focus on like business, friendships, relationships, life, Mm. and they just get pushed aside for say six months. So it's quite an unrealistic and unsustainable lifestyle. And I think it really needs to be knocked off the pedestal. It's definitely a huge sacrifice and like all the things that you're mentioning then I don't think people realize the extent of what you go to and like you said it's a sport at the end of the day it is a sport it's super competitive and it's sort of you against you in that sense but it impacts so many areas of your life and like you said it has to be that number one value and for a lot of people it can't be because business comes Work, first you friends. have fam- yeah, mm-hmm. family friends whatever kids even sometimes and yeah it's super difficult and even you know you talking about um, reverse dieting it's such a huge thing and I was just thinking about all the girls that I work with and how typically starting out, you know, 80 to 90% of them will start with a reverse because in our day-to-day life, it's so normalized to be so restrictive with your calories and we really think that dropping to 1,200 and being excessive with exercise in a normal life is how you get results and you know girls I'm sure you experience the same thing all the time but girls will come to me and it's like yeah I've been eating this way for a year 18 months and I haven't lost any weight and I'm not making any progress and I'm fatigued and lethargic and lost my period no sex drive all of these different things and it's crazy that when you do a reverse and all of the positive things that come from that and a lot of the time the weight loss that comes from actually increasing calories every single week is crazy and it's something that I wish was more normalized or spoken about more often because we just don't need to be sitting at those low calorie you know, intakes and I know we've both been there at different um yeah, different times in our lives, but it's just, it's so important to note that. And it's amazing now that you've come out the back end of a really amazing reverse and you're just reaping the benefits of that in terms of even, you know, your mentality around food as well. Totally. And it's just something that people don't even, until you go through it, like the girls that you have, it's so great that you start them reverse dieting because they'll eat more food and they'll be like, oh, like when you're in the thick of just living on 1,400, 1,200 calories, you don't really remember what it's like to feel any other way until Mm -hmm. you start eating more and you're like, wait, 
I'm not gaining weight. I'm eating more food. My gym performance has improved. My sleep has improved. My mood is better. This is great. Why Mm. have I been depriving myself for so long? And then a happy bonus, if your goal is fat loss, sometimes you will see weight loss because the body's a lot less stressed. You're eating more food. You're nourishing yourself. You have your neat goes up because you're walking more because you have the energy, like all these things help you achieve that goal in a much easier way. And it's difficult because obviously, you know, there's this big culture on Instagram of calorie deficits. This is how you lose weight. This is how you lose weight. It's like, yes, it is. But there are so many factors that play into your ability to adhere to a diet, you know, the physiological effects on your hormones, neat, everything. Like you don't have to do a diet on 1200 just because your you know, favorite YouTuber or something is doing that. Yeah. It's very specific to you. And until you understand that and go through it or have a good coach that can guide you, it's it's dangerous. Like it is really dangerous what you can do with the wrong information, but yeah. I'm really glad we're having more conversations about reverse dieting. And, mm. you know, this year I gained a bunch of weight and it was through a combination of a whole lot of things. I was on Roaccutane for my skin. It slowed my thyroid down. I was injured. I had moved states. Um, I think my, you know, my ability to train hard wasn't there because of the injury because of the slowed thyroid, I was gaining on the same food that I was eating before. So I was in a surplus, wasn't really tracking tracking or monitoring it. And it was really uncomfortable. And, and the automatic feeling and thought was just go on a deficit, just lose the weight, you'll feel better. And I finally did something different. And I sat at maintenance or probably a slight surplus for six months. And it was the most uncomfortable thing I've done in a long time. Yeah, because of the weight gain felt uncomfortable and I felt like my identity was wrapped up in you know, what my body looked like and also sharing it on social media and feeling like people making comments about things that I was so uncomfortable about, like people saying, you look fat, you look this, you look that. And I'm like, I think all these things about myself and you saying it Mm -hmm. is reinforcing that. And now I feel worse. And then it brought up all these things about fat phobia, why is being lean the best and why am I thinking this way and challenging those thoughts. So it was like this whole thing that went on this year, but I sat at maintenance for six months and I had previously been trying to diet and it just, it just wasn't working. And I was like, but I understand energy balance. What's going on? Like, yeah. why isn't this working? And then after that six months, I just finished an eight week deficit and I dropped eight kilos like that. Yeah. Like it just fell off. It was so easy to stick to. I got, I just, I got my steps in and my body was just like, cool. Like, thank you so much for giving me that food and that time to chill and be de-stressed. Now is a great time to go into a deficit, became super responsive. And that is the message that I'm now able to share on social media. Mm. I know you feel uncomfortable. I know you feel like you're gaining weight. I know it feels the complete opposite to what you're doing, but you need to look at the longer picture because if you just keep going into deficits and struggling and coming out and binging and going into a deficit, it's like the same timeline anyway. So Mm. it took me, you know, six, seven, eight months to lose that eight kilos. Then I did a reverse diet and lost another two. Mm. So it's like this weight just kind of came off because naturally I do sit leaner than what I was sitting at, but my body just needed to sit there for a bit. And I just love spreading that message now because people are either going through it and they're like, I feel so uncomfortable, but seeing you coming through that is reminding me of the bigger picture or people who are like, oh, I really need to eat more food and just eat eat it for a while Mm. and then consider doing a deficit. But people are still hung up on summer's coming, I'm going to be in a bikini, and I totally understand those feelings and they are so valid. It's it's so okay to feel that way because we've been conditioned to think that being lean is 
what you know we look better that way yeah it's just great to challenge that yeah Mm. absolutely and I also think that you know thinking about your future self in that way and thinking about okay I could you know, go on and off dieting for the next five years and still not Mm. be happy with it at the end. Or yeah, maybe go through a tough period for six months to 12 months, reap the rewards and then be in such a healthy mindset. Your body's relaxed, your body's working with you, not fighting in survival mode. You know, you Mm. feel great. You have a great relationship with food because you just, you you understand it more Mm. than anything, you know? Exactly. And on that too, it's crazy like one thing that really stuck with me is you saying originally with the reverse dieting that we get so used to feeling so shit that it becomes this norm of like, oh, well, I never have energy. Mm-hmm. I never really sleep well. I constantly just feel tired and a little bit hungry and I don't listen to my hunger, um, hunger signals. And even just, you know, it's so interesting when clients come to you and what they're eating and I don't really drink any water and I don't really eat breakfast and then I might have an apple then I don't eat until you know two three o'clock and then I have a bit of dinner and it's just crazy because I'm like girl like you don't have to live like that and when you reverse and come out the other side finding out that new norm and being like wow I didn't know what I was missing out on in terms of feeling it's crazy and you can think a lot clearer when you're in that state as well so what you think is really really important to you when you're under eating and when you're in that state changes so much when you come out the other side of that because you realize how much you're missing out on life and just that quality of life by being in that deficit and Another thing that you were saying was, you know, we all feel so conditioned to go into a deficit or, you know, get into a deficit to get that summer body or lose the weight. And yes, it's true. But for a lot of girls that don't understand energy balance, have never tracked calories or don't understand, um, you know, the basics of nutrition, which we're not taught. So why would you, unless you kind of seek that, um, you're probably under eating anyway. And then you think you need to be in a deficit. So you may only be eating 1700 calories and then you drop them again by 500 maybe if you skip a meal and you just don't realize the impact of where you're putting your body in that too. So yeah, that's just where it's so important to invest at some stage in your life in getting that help to really understand your body and your body's requirements because you really want to avoid going through 5, 10, 15, 20 years of that cycle of I lost 5 kilo, I gained 10 kilo, I lost 3 kilo I gain five kilo because it is constant and it's forever ongoing and it just doesn't need to be that way yeah and I think it's important as well what we surround ourselves with on social media because we're often following people who and I'm 100% guilty of this because I went through my own thing with it but I was either dieting or like not dieting and so you see these cycles of women doing this and you think that that's normal and it's like Mm. no you can actually just lose you know three or five kilos whatever your goal is and then just stay there and then like literally never diet again. Mm. Or if you want to lose a little bit, like, I don't know, increase your steps a little bit or like cut down your food a little bit. But people just think, yeah, they see extremes. So it's normalized. Mm. And like I said, I'm, I'm definitely guilty of contributing to that. But now the conversation's really changed and people do ask me like, oh, you're going to be tracking forever. And it's like, no way. Like tracking is a tool. Mm. It really helped me understand nutrition and understand portion sizes and everything for when I don't track, but it's, it's not sustainable either. Like a lot of what we do to diet, to get lean, isn't sustainable. And it can be as sustainable as possible in that you can do it for longer periods of time without feeling really resistant to it, to sticking to it. Like it needs to be that way. In my opinion, when, when you do diet, you don't want to do anything crazy extreme, but it is really important to be building habits that 
align with your lifestyle and the way you want to live forever. Because I think that's another trap people fall into of being like, oh, I want to lose weight. So I'm going to like change all, like overhaul my life. Mm. And it's like, no, you could literally just like go for a morning walk and then slightly change the amount of food you're having or like some food choices. And then that's really realistic for when you finish the diet and reverse diet and then keep living your life and maintain that weight loss. Mm. Um, Yeah. I I thought that was kind of, yeah, that just sort of came to me then when you were saying like Mm. people are always in a deficit or trying to chase that deficit. Yeah. And we always talk about this as well, but you know, you have to think about your like top three priorities in life. And if that's your business, family and travel, like then you can't expect to be looking and feeling and just like be exactly what you see on Instagram from these girls that might have an edited photo or that is their life, you know, making their body look that way. Mm. You can't expect that because that's not your priority and that's so okay. It's not most people's priority. It's not my priority, Mm. but I love that, that it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, even what you were saying in the beginning with competing, you know, these girls look like that for one day, one week. But, you know, you see it on on Instagram because maybe they post those photos for like six to 12 months and you go, oh, that's what they look like year Mm. round. But that's so not the truth. And you mentioned social media before and how it's so important to be surrounding yourself and, you know, really focusing on what you're viewing. How has, in your opinion, in your experience, social media changed over the years with you being in the industry, with you, you know, having your business? So, you know, I guess like alongside social media and online. Uh, it's, that's a really interesting question because a lot, because I mean, like I said, I've been on it since 2015 and a lot has changed um, specifically to, you know, fitness and our idea of fitness and health and nutrition and the kind of content you're exposed to. It's gone from that very much fitspo in inverted commas to, you know, having abs, being lean, being skinny, whatever as being the idea of health to now a lot more body positivity, a lot more diversity, a lot of people educating and putting out valuable content, which I think is really great. And you're always going to get people who are pushing a certain agenda or a certain message. And I just think that has so much more to do with what's going on for them that I think consumers as well, or just people on social media are more savvy with what they see. So back in the day, we'd see something and not realize that it was filtered or photoshopped or altered in some kind of way. And even now there's a lot of that going on that you you wouldn't even realize, but people are calling people out more on it. And I think with the rise of platforms like TikTok that are a lot more real and I think the generation below are very much, you know, they don't want to see that refined stuff anymore. They don't want to see mm. the perfect edited, filtered pictures. And that's why Instagram sort of fighting really hard to compete with TikTok right now because <laughs> yeah. they're scared as they should be. Um <laughs> But, yeah, it's changed a lot. Also, you know, if you want to speak specifically about the actual platform itself and growing on there and engaging with people has changed a lot. Obviously, when I started out, it wasn't really a a job. Mm. Um, So it was very much just, you know, just posting stuff. It's, It's very organic, whereas now people are getting into it with the intention of building a business, which is amazing. Like, so cool. We have those platforms to build businesses off and connect with people and help people. Um, obviously people use it for, you know, reasons that I wouldn't personally like to use it for, but that's, you know, that's, there's also an onus on the consumer on people to unfollow accounts that don't serve them and Mm. to be really selective with 
the environment they're creating, their digital environment that they're creating. Because I know for me, the start of this year, when I mentioned earlier, I was going through a bit of a hard time. I muted and unfollowed a bunch of accounts that were really pushing that sort of diet culture and being lean and whatever it was. I didn't even realize the positive impact it had on me. I was like, oh, I'm feeling really good lately. And I'm like, oh, it (laughs) coincides with the fact that I like unfollowed all these people. That's really interesting. Like you don't realize how much that gets into your subconscious. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's really interesting you say that because on the weekend, I've had a bit of a meltdown week, (laughs) you could say, but same thing, just consuming so much social media, like being on TikTok often or looking at reels or looking at stories or posts. And I've always followed a very small amount of people. I think I try and keep it like under um, 200 usually just because I just want to be selective with what I'm consuming. And even within those 200, majority is muted with stories. I try and only look at like 10 or 20 maybe. Um, And that is quite extreme. Like I realize that, but it's more just, you have to protect your own energy in that. And we're not meant to consume thousands and thousands and thousands of pieces of content every single day you know our brains actually can't take it and a lot of the time we wake up you know first thing in the morning we grab our phones we're straight into scrolling before we even check in with ourselves and how we're feeling and you think about all the things you see it's completely out of our control a lot of the time especially with platforms like tiktok and reels because it's not even the people that you follow that are popping up so There's so much merit in what you're saying in terms of, yeah, unfollowing people that go against the narrative of how you want to live or if you are having a really hard time with certain things, you need to have a cull of social media. You know, stop following models if you feel yourself, you know, comparing yourself all the time or if you're comparing yourself in terms of diet culture and things like that as well, you know, get rid of the triggers so you're not triggered every single time that you go on your phone when you're trying to make progress, you know, in your days as well. And I know a little bit earlier you were talking about just sort of, I guess you could call it trolling this year in terms of when you're going through your own journey and dealing with that. I mean, I can't even imagine what it's like to have a bigger platform and be dealing with just so many people that again is sort of out of your control who sees you know your content how did you deal with that at the time and did you deal with it at the time um initially I didn't really deal with it (laughs) I would you know I was very emotionally reactive to that specifically I think with trolling there are certain things that will really affect you and they're the things that you're self-conscious about yourself Whereas there are other things and you're like, what? I don't see that about myself at all. Like you're an idiot. Yeah. Um, and usually I, I take that approach where I'm like, this person has created like a burner account and that's yeah. really sad. Or it's some random in Brazil, like some random guy in Brazil. And it's like, what even are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. um, but when it's like targeted at something like at that point, as I said, I was really self-conscious about the weight that I'd gained. Mm. So I was getting a lot of comments about, oh, you look fat. You look this up. First of all, I wasn't fat and they're comparing me then to a previous me who had competed and been leaner and constantly striving for that body. So, of course, I looked different. It was really difficult to continue to show up because I was like every time I create a piece of content, I look at it and I hate what I see and then I know I'm going to put it up and I'm going to get comments and I'm going to be faced with dealing with that. Mm -hmm. And so initially it was really hard. I was very emotionally reactive to it and then I was like, okay, this is just this is the way it is and I can either react and be really upset and make it worse or I can try and figure out how I can manage this better. Not necessarily be like, I'm totally fine with this because that's just not possible or wasn't possible at that point, but just sort of neutralizing the situation and being like, okay, these comments are going to come. This is temporary. And looking at what really helped me 
being uncomfortable with that weight gain was looking at all the other aspects of my life because I was looking at my life from this narrow lens of, oh, it's social media and it's my body. And it's like, yeah, but there's so many other parts of yourself that make you you. What are those things? Focus more time and energy on those. Mm -hmm. So I focus more time and energy on like my business and studying and educating myself. I actually became a way better coach through this period because I spent a lot of time studying and, and also going through that and understanding women who go through that same thing, spending time with my nephew and going out in nature and just being a lot more present with the other aspects that make me me was really empowering. I do... Um, I love what you mentioned about um, how we wake up. The first thing we do is check our phones. So I'm really big with boundaries and little habits like waking up first thing in the morning. I don't check my phone. Um, I'll you open up the headspace app and do like they've got this morning wake up or I'll listen to an empowering podcast or I'll go for a walk in nature. And then I've got like 8am. That's when I can check my phone unless there's something going on with work and I need to be on it earlier. Mm. And I don't always do it. It's like, you know, maybe 80% of the time, but I'm usually pretty good with it. And those boundaries really helped me. And, you know, I'll journal a lot. Like I'm a really big writer. So when I'm feeling something, I'll try and figure out the deeper issue and what's going on and why I'm reacting in a certain way. And it was just a really good, you know, at the time I was like, this is the worst thing. I don't want to go through this. And I was like, I know it's going to be one of those things that I look back on in hindsight once I'm through it that it'll be great. But right now I'm hating this for me. Mm-hmm. And then of course, when I got through it, I was like, no, nah, this, this needed to happen because I was stuck on this side and I needed to get over this side in order to get over that side. I had to go through the shit yeah. and I went through it. And um, now people comment, like, I feel like, I don't know, cause stuff on TikTok blows up so much. You get like so <laughs> savage, savage comments, but I just find them so funny. Like yeah. they really don't affect me. I'm just like, this is actually so funny and entertaining um touch wood it doesn't get worse <laughs> like check back in with me in a few months and having meltdowns um but yeah it's it's now I just find it funny and I think that's because I not because I got leaner but because I did that work to accept myself at that shape and even before I started my most recent deficit I was like you need to accept that this may not work. Your body might be ready. And if it doesn't know that you're going to be okay. Mm. And I was like, I'm okay with that. I, I'm okay. And then it just happened. And and that's not an easy place to get to, to be in like full acceptance. And I'm forever working on that. Like I still have my days and moments where I'm like, mm, would like to be a little bit leaner. And then I'm like, but if I'm not, it's also fine. So those just being super aware meditation helps me a lot. Like just being really aware of your thoughts. And as I said, I use headspace app. It's, it's really, I've used meditation apps for like the last four years or so. And that's really helped me with managing any emotional reactivity. Mm. Yeah. And I think something that we've definitely spoken about before in this amazing kind of like movement on social media of just like accepting yourself and, you know, loving yourself, loving your body, whatever it looks like, which is great. We love it. I also do think there is a place for as much as you can respect and love your body so much. It's also okay to have goals and it's also okay to want to change Mm. it. And I remember loving your messaging about this because I think you said once, you know, like, I can, you know, love and respect my body, but I can have goals and I can want to change it if I, if I, if that's what I want. So how did you, I suppose, how did you get to that place? And do you have any tips for girls who maybe are struggling with themselves and with, you know, viewing their bodies right now, accepting themselves and knowing that it's okay, your body deserves love and respect, but then also being like, okay, there is changes that I want to make. Yeah. I love that you brought that up because I had a really, you know, hard time when, 
um, with my own sort of way of being when there was a lot of pushback on diet culture. And I was like, oh my God, am I a terrible person? Am I pushing this message? Is it bad that I want to diet? Should I not use this terminology? Is this language damaging people? Like really big questions came up, which is really important and really good. They came up because I was able to look at it and be like, come up with that idea that, oh, well, yeah, maybe some of the language is damaging and some of the way I'm promoting it and talking about it is. So I'm going to change that, but I'm also going to allow myself to have goals. And um, to your point, the thing that I really focus on now is just what is healthy, like what is a healthy goal and defining your own version of healthy, because some people think healthy is having abs. Some people think healthy is never going near a diet or counting calories or anything like that. And it's going to, there's a spectrum and you're going to fall somewhere on that spectrum. And for me, what's healthy is having a strong body, being able to move my body pain-free, being able to go to the gym, um, being able to make choices about the food that I want to eat and being able to manipulate that food in order to feel healthy. Because when I was at that bigger weight, I didn't feel healthy. Like I was sluggish. I had low energy. Even though I was eating plenty of food, I still had like digestive health issues. There were all these things. And to me, that wasn't healthy. Whereas now after dealing with a lot of those things, um, dealing with the gut health and getting a little bit leaner, my body just sits more like comfortably. It moves better. It's healthier. So focusing on the health side of things, defining what health means for you, focusing on that. And like I said earlier, with the acceptance thing, it's really trying to get outside of looking at yourself as just your body and focusing on all the other aspects. Like I actually drew a little Venn diagram and wrote like all the things that I love to do and figured out how much time I was spending doing each and looking at that because I'm a visual person was really interesting because I was like, holy crap, I'm spending so much time on like social media and thinking about my body and training and stuff, whereas all these other bits are being really neglected. So I'm going to try and adjust this and spend more time doing those things. And that just helps you become a more rounded person and you actually become a lot more interesting because you can talk about other things and bring more to the table with conversation with people. Mm -hmm. Um, So they would definitely be my biggest tips. And also just accepting that it's not always going to be a perfect journey. Like it's not just going to be, oh, cool, I'm working on accepting myself and I accept myself and I still have goals and I want to get leaner and it's all good. There's going to be days where you're like, I hate this process. I just want to be at my goal. I just want to give up. I don't feel excited about life, whatever it might be that's going on for you. And that's okay because those days are part of it and you Mm -hmm. get through them and then you have grown and the next day, you know, you move forward and that's, that's just all part of it. But I think it's also understanding that there's never an end goal. Like we can have goals, but there's never really an end goal of, oh, okay, I've made it, I'm here because we're constantly evolving and growing and wanting to be better and that's just human nature. Mm. So knowing that when you achieve your goal, take a moment to be proud of yourself and to be grateful of what you did to get there and reflect on the lessons and then be like, cool, what's important to me now? Because that took up whatever headspace, whatever process, and now I've got extra time do it, you know, I'm going to work on being happy with where I'm at because there's also that, that side of it never being enough and always wanting to get leaner. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to have clear goals, but also know that you're forever going to be working towards something. And as I said, that's just part of being human and growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And even when it comes to setting those goals, and like you said, it is very much a spectrum and what you believe or deem to be healthy for you in terms of setting goals is always going to chop and change from person to person. And that's where I think as a whole, and especially with social media, it's really important not to judge someone else's you know, idea of healthy. It's like you track your unhealthy. Well, no, that could be unhealthy for you and your mindset, but it's not for me. So it's not for you to 
judge. And I think the only time that setting goals and working towards them can be unhealthy is if they're completely unrealistic for you. So you'll get girls that will say, I just want to get rid of my hip dips. I just want to have a flat stomach. I just want to, you know, not hold fat on my arms or whatever that looks like. But it's like, okay, so let's look at genetics. What are you predispositioned to perhaps have? And hip dips, that's literally, you know, your bone structure. So we're not going to change that. Um, you know, belly fat, a lot of girls do naturally hold it there. So is achieving the goal of a dead flat stomach going to be realistic for you? Probably not. And that's where it leads to that grueling cycle of just constantly being like, I want to get into this deficit. I'm going to achieve this flat stomach. But once you're in that state, you know, you have those days where you're like, this is hard. I just want to be to my end goal, but that end goal probably won't come and not in a realistic way anyway. And I'm, again, I'm not saying this for everyone, but it's just getting really real with yourself and being like, is this actually something that I can achieve? And along with that, recognizing like, okay, what life do I want to lead? Because do I want to go out for dinners every weekend? Do I want to go out with my friends? Do I want to go on trips away and not worry about tracking food? Do I actually want to be training five days a week to get to this goal in terms of, you know, getting a one RM, like whatever the goal is, if your values and what you actually want to do in your life don't reflect the goal, there's just too much resistance between you and getting there. And I think a lot of people struggle with that and recognizing that there does need to be a level of sacrifice to reach these goals. And if you're not willing to sacrifice the things that you really value, then maybe that goal is not for you at that time in your life. Mm, And that's where having, you know, a coach like yourself who can really have those hard conversations with people is important because people will hear these things and be like, that's not what I want to hear. I'm going to find someone else. And then someone else is going to put them on drugs and, you know, some kind of aggressive deficit, which Mm. isn't a whole other thing that people don't understand that a lot of people are taking performance enhancing drugs or a lot of people have been training for five plus years to get their body to look that way. It's not an overnight eight week program. And I think something else important to mention is life really is all about different seasons and what you're prioritizing at that time might be cool. I've, you know, I've got something that I want to really dial things in for and I'm going to really focus on being lean. And then now coming into Christmas and New Year's, maybe everyone wants to chill a bit and like mm. go out for dinners and lockdowns just lifted down here. So go out, like going out and about is happening a lot more. So you're going to be fluctuating. And I think that's important for people to understand whatever weight you get to, you're, pro- you're not going to stay there for your whole life. Like people go through, you know, have babies and their bodies completely change. Like there's just so many different phases in life. You could get injured. You could be in hospital. Like touch wood, these things aren't happening. Mm. But there are other life phases and stages that happen that mean that season is going to look a lot different to, you know, me when I competed and what you see on social media. And people have different jobs and obligations and things where they can't be like the fitness influencer whose job it is to look like that all the time, who's spending hours in the gym and meal prepping and able to make all their food. Like it's just unrealistic. Yeah, really about being realistic about, Mm. you know, what you're seeing and what's realistic for you and your body. And can I say realistic one more time? Maybe try and squeeze it in there. (laughs) Had a little ding every time we hear. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Well, last question. I love learning about people's routines and like their daily, just like what they do on the day. So what's a day in the life of Soph right now? I am obsessed with this question. I love hearing this as well because I'm like, what little bits can I take and implement into my life? So a typical morning would be, a typical day would be um, waking up. I usually get up around like 6, 6.30. I will take Patch, my little puppy, out, go to the toilet with him, take him for, go to the toilet with him. Sounds really weird. (laughs) We're both both, both just outside. (laughs) 
Um, I take him to the toilet, then I'll go to the toilet myself. Um, go for a walk. So when I go for my walk, like I said, I try not to be on my phone social media wise, but I have these little video apps um, that I use to catch up with my friends because my friends and I are all very busy. So it can be really hard to sort of catch up um, in real life. So we'll do like this video chat and I'll just check in and see what the videos are there and I'll reply to them. Um, but yeah, go for a walk along the beach, listen to a podcast, come back and shower and get ready. And then I'll usually meditate. I'm really big on my skincare after going through Riaccutane. I'm like obsessed with setting aside time to do like a really nice skincare routine morning and night. Um, always wearing my sunscreen, my SPF and then have breakfast, which is usually like protein oats. I'm such a like a repeater with my food. Same. Cause I just feel like I don't have the headspace <laughs> to think like food. I'm like, okay, work, work, work. Oh, I need to eat some food. And then I do that. Um, and then, yeah, it's really just getting stuck into work and a work day will look very different depending on what I've going, got going on. It might be like, you guys would know, but it might be like creating content for say, TikTok or Insta or socials or website, photo shoots, going to the gym, filming content, um, fit my training session in usually around mid-morning or afternoon. I like to go when it's off peak. Uh, Lots of email work. I've got a team, so managing them. I've got this other project that I'm working on, so checking in on that and making sure that's all running smoothly, writing heaps of programs, checking in on the community. Um, Yeah, there's, there's a lot of various things. I feel like one of my weaknesses is definitely planning and time management. Like I just always think I can do it all. So I'll write these like epic to-do lists. And now I've got this book where it's like, no, you write your three priorities and I just write those. But I just love that feeling of ticking things off, even if it's like go to supermarket, write it down, tick it off, even if I haven't written it down. It's like brush teeth, shower, skincare. You're like, I'm so productive. (laughs) I've made it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then winding down is usually just I might go for another walk. Probably not. I usually just jump off. I'm usually working pretty late as well. Like I'm sitting in front of the TV with my phone, like talking to people on Instagram, doing a QA and a on TikTok, whatever. I, you know, I don't know if this is a popular or an unpopular opinion, but TikTok is my number one right now. Like I'm kind of done with Insta. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. I'm scared of TikTok to be completely honest, but I feel like it's, yeah, it's definitely a huge, huge platform and it's really interesting to see it's the so changes powerful. in, in how I'm, Instagram and TikTok are shifting. Yeah. I'm kind of the same. I have been on, on like on and off TikTok for a while. Like I've always loved like following people on it. Yeah. But recently, I just love how like you will spend literally 10 seconds recording something and you post it and like it blows, it, up. It blows up or like it, will, yeah. it won't. Like you just never know. Yeah. And I, it just feels less serious to me I think yes like I, I don't pressure you can yes. literally like just do a funny like I don't know voiceover thing or like show some random bits of your day which we all film anyway so it's like cool yeah. I can literally chuck content together so quickly and yeah. it'll hit or it won't and you're like cool it doesn't matter like yeah. on Instagram you can it's get crazy. kind of hung up on your views and stuff whereas I feel like TikTok you're like cool that didn't make it let's do another one see how mm. that goes and it's exactly and Instagram always changing their algorithm is oh. super disheartening mm. that's the one thing that I'm like oh and I'm not really caught up on numbers but it is annoying when you're putting out good content and things just you know story views or I don't even know it's just confusing but speaking of um TikTok and I haven't posted on TikTok but I posted again like a really two second reel with like one of those like trending sounds um 
And I think it's nearly at a million. Like, views. Oh my God. Yeah. Why? And everything else is just like in the 20s. <laughs> and they're the ones that I put all the effort into. And I'm like, why is it the one that I did five seconds on? And then every day, just the followers, I'm like, go away. I don't know you people. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing with TikTok, though. That just happens. I know. It's scary. Yeah. It's scary, but it's like kind of fun. It yeah. feels less, yeah, serious. Bit of a thrill. <laughs> <laughs> anyway thank you so much for joining us today it was such a great chat and just yeah i feel like we chatted about a lot of stuff that hopefully a lot of people can find value in um do you want to shout out your instagram youtube everything programs (laughs) yeah tiktok so i'm um sophie allen on both insta and tiktok and my YouTube is my old handle, which is so Active Life, which I have been so bad with my YouTube lately. I need to do <laughs> that. <laughs> um, and then my business page is Train With Soph on both TikTok and Insta. And then, yeah, watch this space because I'm rebranding, changing the name, changing the colours oh. and launching something very new, uh, hopefully in January, but it might be a soft launch. So <laughs> 2022, watch this space. There's going to be some big changes. But Amazing. thank you so much awesome. for having me. And I really enjoyed the chat. And hopefully some of the, your listeners get some value out of what we had to say, like, you know, eating more. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main takeaway for today. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Thanks so much, So. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's the episode. I loved that interview, to be honest. Yeah, it's so nice recording with someone who just is aligned with, I guess, our values as well. And I feel like there was so much value in that episode too. And yeah, I love that chat. So I really hope you guys enjoyed. But just before we jump off, Soph and I thought we need to give one recommendation. At least one. Okay, you're going first because I have to brainstorm. Do do do. We need some elevator music to think about what our recommendations are. <laughs> you know what? In the microphone, I think I sound so much better than I actually do. I think you sound great too, but I do have the headphones. <laughs> okay, I've got mine. Period okay. cups. Okay, yeah. I feel like I've I've done this before. Yeah, thank you. Mm, I don't know. Menstrual cups. Menstrual cups. I still have to get on the bandwagon for those. Three years going strong. Yeah, look, I don't need to rub it in. They're life-changing. I know, they scare me. You save the planet. Yes. Save yourself a lot of drama. Yes. One cup for five years. Yeah. But what about if it gets stuck? It doesn't get stuck. I've heard horror stories. It's not a never-ending thing up there. Doesn't just keep going. <laughs> nah, I'm sure there's a lot of girls out there that are like me. I will make the transition for the transition one day. Okay, you need to report back with these stories then. Okay, I want to hear some horror stories. Oh, I've heard them. I can say one right now. All right, go. I was listening to this girl. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was like a YouTube story or something, YouTube mm-hmm. video, and she said that she tried one and she was literally trying for like an hour to get it out. She couldn't get it out, so her boyfriend had to go <laughs> fishing. <laughs> And seek it out tongs. himself. And I'm like, I'm not doing that to but myself or Sam. She was probably <laughs> She was probably just a bit stressed first time, like That's gonna be me. You know how stressed I get. <laughs> you just have to relax. Maybe you can do it. <laughs> Maybe I can fish it. <laughs> okay, moving on. Your recommendation. <gasps> we need some <laughs> <Victim> <laughs> music. <laughs> okay. I have a recommendation. It's a CC cream. Okay. It is cosmetics. it the green one? Oh, don't oh, worry. No. <laughs> we definitely weren't on the same wavelength there. <laughs> I was so excited too. No, Sorry. It Cosmetics CC Cream. Try it and let me know. Try it, buy it, 
buy it, then try it. Yeah. And then let me know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. it I'm mm. not sure if it's like a bit pricey than normal, but no, I, I honestly... all around $60. Yeah, I reckon. But it doesn't look cakey, covers up, looks dewy, natural. Mm. Couldn't fault it. Love I need that. to get some more. Yeah. Stunning. Yeah. Is that us? That's us for today. Amazing. Look, guys, I know sometimes towards the end we get a bit weird. We get a bit rowdy. <laughs> and you got another episode from us coming today. Yeah. So oh. we're going to bring this energy into episode two. Yes. Um, but love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Sorry for being freaks. <laughs> <laughs> and we will see you. We will be back in your ears next week. Next week. Bye, guys. See ya. See ya.